0: Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire & Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com we ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. If you're a caterer, competition, or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixandSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. We are hanging out. With Chef Johnny from Texas Style Cuisine. If you put it all in one word, Texas Style Cuisine on Instagram, his Instagram will pop up. Now, if you also put all that in on one word or all in all together in one word on the YouTube, it will also pop up, but I'm pretty sure if you put spaces it'll also work. Uh so Chef Johnny dude, I wanna say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and and we're about to chat some good barbecue. And uh I just wanna say thank you so much and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey Mikey great to be here. Good to see you again. I enjoyed the last conversation we had. So I bet you we get some, uh, some
0: good conversation on barbecue going tonight. I'm a little terrified, but let's do it. <laughs> so man, what made, I like, I like to ask this lovely question. What made you start barbecuing? Well, I'll tell you Besides what, being from I, Texas, well, you know, it's, and it's
1: like a religion, here, right? Um, you know, it's, I've done it all my life. It's, it's something we've always done, uh, cooking outside. So whether it was camping or at a deer camp down at, at fishing on the river, fishing down the coast, we were cooking outside. Uh, Dad and and my uncles would barbecue. Um, so I, I grew up in the middle of it, getting into high school in the FFA. We had a big chuck wagon dinner every year and we would go out and some of the men out there and we would cook, I don't know, hundred briskets. I don't However, you know, we'd feed a few hundred people out here and, and do that. And so it's just something that always happened, and it just kind of flowed into it, and and
0: here I am today. Now, now, when you were cooking those few hundred briskets, brisket was probably like a, a dollar a pound.
1: Oh man, i I'd take you on. I would I would venture to say more like forty nine cents a pound, or oh. below below a dollar. Yeah. Oh, you're killing me. Uh, you you got to think back in the 1970s. If I I'm I'm guessing thirty nine forty nine cents a pound, maybe.
0: I couldn't tell you for
1: sure, but we would, you know, I've got how many hundreds of people we fed at that one dinner every year, but we had a, uh, you know, a, this huge, huge pit we'd cook on, and it was an old uh, uh, halite block pit, wire racks in it, and, you know, and we're shoveling live fire up underneath the of it, not an offset at all. Uh, of course, you know, I didn't see an offset cooker till
0: I was up older, you know. We didn't know what an offset was when I was growing up. Yeah, it was just it was just that coal underneath it. Now, were you guys using burn barrels to kind of just throw throw full we, sticks in? And then we had a, an area at the, at that
1: particular location. They had an area where we could burn the wood down and and shovel it in, and then go move it into the. I want to gosh, I'm trying to remember back. yeah had about four or six doors that we would lift up and put all the briskets in there, and it was a vinegar sop. You know, they had a vinegar sop on the fire, and it was. It was vinegar and lemon and butter and oil and and uh, all these seasonings that the, that the men would put in there. And then we'd take a regular old mop, dip it in there and then go and, and put it on all the briskets and we're rotating and flipping them. And, you know, so that was at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old at that. So that was fantastic to do. And uh, a lot of those men, you know, have gone on to be with the Lord already, but uh, they, were, they were very instrumental in, in teaching me a lot about barbecue and, and enjoying it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you gotta you gotta start with good strong roots, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I think you learning how to cook that way helped you in, in your barbecue journey in, in general, right? I mean, it helped you learn how to control a fire, learn how to control the hot spots, learn how to you know work with everything that you needed in order to make you the barbecue cook that you are today. Oh, sure. Sure. Without, you know, the pits we have today are
1: just phenomenal. You know, nothing like what I, what I grew up with. I mean, my pit maker barbecue vaults, I mean, you know, I I can throw a, a big amount of charcoal in there with some wood chunks like them and they, and they go into cruise control. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to worry. They've got, you know, two inches of ceramic insulation around them. You know, if the weather's bad, they don't care. They're just cooking barbecue. But you know, in those days, we were cooking over over live fire. Um, you know, in a fifty-five gallon drum. I can remember, you know, cooking in, in those many times with the, the fire, and there, you know, and a lot of uh, air air moving around throughout those that wasn't supposed to be in there. And uh, you know, my dad, my brother-in-law was a welder, and he made him about a thirty-two inch out of a pit out of a twenty-inch pipe. But it still was direct fire. Now, we might move a brisket to one end where it wasn't yeah. right over the fire, but there was not an exterior firebox in 60s and 70s. We never saw those things.
0: It, it is kind of crazy how barbecue has changed over the time. And if you've been around long enough, you, you really see this progression of, of pits becoming higher and higher end, right? Um and the only thing I don't agree with is, is electronical pits, uh, but that's just because I'm, I'm, um, I'm a horrible human, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> you know, and, I, and I think we had that discussion when you, were, when you were here before about that, and we got on that the other night. I had a little chat on, my, on Wednesday nights. I'll do a live question and answer it. You know, somebody was asking me about pit masters and pellet pits. Well, I have a a pellet pit company that has called me and we're in negotiations about me doing some stuff for them, which, uh, you know, and I said, no, I said, I wouldn't consider a pellet cooker a pit master. I wouldn't wouldn't. until you know how to control fire. You're
0: not a pellet. If if you've never controlled fire, you're not a pit master. I'm going to agree with you, sir. I like you already. (laughs) No, I I mean, I think it's one of those things. um, It's crazy how people are buying cookers that are 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 not necessarily you know live fire and they're like no i'm a pit master look at this beautiful pork that i'm making and it's like no no i get it i understand that you you were able to season it put it in a pit and then press a button but um i can make a really good roast in my oven but i'm not a fucking chef from france you know what i mean like (laughs) that yeah 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 Yeah, you know and uh
1: you know, people would give me a hard time about my barbecue balls, and uh, we, uh, you know, we we cook every weekend. My son and I, we got a little barbecue stand, I and mean, we don't do a tremendous amount, but we'll cook, you know, ten briskets a weekend. And, you, you know, know
0: what? that's that's not a that's nothing to kind of bat an eye at. I mean, ten briskets a weekend. Yeah,
1: for, for somebody I mean, we'll who's we'll not bring, doing we'll, it crazy, uh, he's, he's full time college student. He actually getting a music degree. And so it gives him a job. He can go to school full-time during the week, and he could brisket all weekend. But, you know, I, I went and bought a, a barbecue guru to hook on that on those pits because, you know, they really cruise really well, and I really do trust them. But you always have that doubt of what if I go to sleep and they and they go away and they get away from me, you know? So uh, we bought those just so we could get some sleep. I mean, you know? I, I, don't, I'll I don't run know. it for – a few hours during the
0: night with neither one of us there and, and those are really handy though I will I will say I, uh, I own a guru I own a flame boss um, I, I feel like you know some of those things are great uh, they work very very well and, and it is one of those things where you know that pit really really well but it's always that little doubt in your mind where you're like shit if I walk away from this thing that's going to be the moment that it decides to fail
1: That's right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, and and those, those pit makers are good about cruising at temperature, but I, you know, I was always waking up, say every hour, you know, when you got a stick burner, you know, when I was still doing competitions and and I was going with my stick burner, you know, you're sleeping next to the pit and every hour, you know, you're waking up and throwing a stick on, right? Yep. That's still how I cook. (laughs) You know, I would, yeah, I would, you know, I would go with the, with the pit makers, you know, I would go out there and, and every hour, maybe every two hours, go check. But, you know, I'm not a young buck anymore. So, <laughs> then, you know, we work – I work four jobs seven days a week. I, I mean, I teach at the high school Monday through Friday. I'm at the college Monday and Wednesday nights. We cook brisket all weekend, and then I, I'm putting
0: out two videos a week on my YouTube channel. Which, so I mean, I you, YouTube – I mean, YouTube channel – the YouTube channel is nothing to, you know, to laugh about. I mean, that's a lot of work. If, if people have never actually done um a youtube video there's a lo- lot of work that goes into it there really is uh, and, and people kind of they'll kind of look at me and kind of laugh sometimes
1: when I tell them I'm a youtuber but you know what uh it's it's growing I'm, I'm at twenty seven thousand over twenty seven thousand today subscribers. that's awesome congratulations dude. Uh, congratulations so it's been rolling and doing good and but I tell you what, I'll, you know, if I got some briskets in line at the HEB and there's somebody next to me, you know, Hey, what are you doing with those? Oh man, I'm, I'm going to make a YouTube video this week. Oh, you, you got a YouTube job, man. I tell everybody that, you know, that I think might happen to look at that thing anywhere and everywhere.
0: What's going on, but and people they, like barbecue. They look at you a little funny. They're like, what do you mean a YouTube channel? Yeah, like, Yeah, dude. I, I, I cook and film myself and it's, Awkward uh, for the first video or two. <laughs> uh, and, and
1: sometimes they do. They're like, really? You know, they think, or, right, you know, we'll go, where do you go in this? I said, well, I can't make that because I'm going to my YouTube meeting. There's a group in San Antonio that meet, and and uh, I'm in that group. I'm by far the biggest channel, but there's channels much smaller than me that you know, they know camera work, they know lighting, they know sound. So I can go up there and I can learn a lot from these guys. Of course, yeah. I don't have what I have, but I can learn a lot. But I'll tell people, oh, yeah, I'm going to my YouTube meeting and they look at me like, you're what? You go to a meeting for YouTube? Are you are you serious? You know? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I go up there and
0: do my thing, but it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. And, you know what? You know? But it, if you look at it in a way, um, yeah. you are learning something new that other people, Tend to be afraid of, right? They they look at, they go, well, the YouTube thing's dumb. It's dumb. Well, is it dumb because you don't understand it, and it's dumb because you don't, you're afraid of it, or like why is it dumb to you? And they're, like, and then then when they come down to it, they're like, well, I I just I couldn't do any of that. Oh, okay, cool. So you just don't understand it, and that that's perfectly fine, and. I get, I get into discussions with people kind of about the pellets when they're like, well, is it the same reason? Is it dumb because you don't – no, no, I understand the damn thing. I can press buttons. I, I understand that I have a smartphone, so I know how it works. You
1: know, I, I think the pellet – and you'll, you'll probably agree with me on this. Everything has its place. Sure. Like I like walking to my outdoor kitchen, and, and I know you've watched some of my videos, but yep. probably not my gassers. But I got a gasser out there. Some nights the wife's going, "Hey, I want a steak and I want it now. I can walk to the outdoor kitchen, turn on my lion grill, and, and cook a ribeye steak." Yep. And you know what? It's a nice grill. It's cooked. It's over a it's over a live fire. You know, it's getting some sizzle from those from those sear plates underneath it, and it's a nice steak. Is it barbecuing? No. Now, if I wanted to barbecue, I'd fire up my my uh, uh, Santa Fe grill, you know, and, and throw some wood on there or some charcoal or some lump or something to get it going and cook that steak over it. But sometimes it don't work. So I think that that pellet is a lot the same way. If, if I was needed to do something, I could walk out there and do it.
0: I think it's a, is a great gateway. Baseline? No, but I think it's a place that I'm handy. I think it's a great yeah. gateway. Yeah. I, yeah. I've come around to that. I have come around to where I, I think it's an amazing gateway. Gateway
1: I've got a good friend Mikey that could not Save a brisket To save I cook a brisket To save his life Could not He tried and tried And he's like He comes up And buys barbecue From me all the time Well he went down The other day And bought him a pellet grill And he goes I cooked my first brisket ever And it was actually good But you know He said He was somebody That was terrible At managing fires You know He had a lot on his plate He was doing a lot of stuff But he had never been able To cook a brisket In his life And he went I get it and, yep. you know, he's like, wow, I, I can cook a brisket for myself now because he just sucked at it <laughs> and, the, and the pellet made it possible for him to do something at home. Now I cut into my profits because he's not buying as much barbecue from me. <laughs> I was going to say. But, you know, we've been friends, you know, since high school. And you know, I was just excited that he finally cooked him a brisket that was edible at the end of the day. But, you know, he says, hey, it works for me and I finally was able to do it. So you know more, more power to him is, is it a is he a pit master no but he ain't a gum brisket that he cooked
0: <laughs> and he's stoked about it you know yeah <laughs> the other day we were doing uh um, we were doing a we we're doing a barbecue pop-up that's kind of what we do um i own a catering company called fire and smoke barbecue company um we're, i guess we're, we're not just a catering company we're more of a barbecue company we put we just put out rubs uh, so we're doing rubs and seasonings and stuff like that, uh, just because a lot of people are asking about our flavors. They they like the flavor profiles that we're putting out there. So so they're asking about it, and I was like, okay, cool. I've been sitting. I've been wanting to put out a rub line for four years, a little bit over four years. Um, and I was like, you know, what, I want to do this. I want to do this, and, and it was just never. I, I guess I never saw it to be the right time, and I never. Uh, I was never quite happy with my with my flavor profile. And I think that's, that, that's as a chef and as a cook, um, you're never quite happy with your own stuff, right? You, you always feel like there can be that, that, that improvement, and it. it's what drives us to keep getting up and cooking the next day. And um, I, I, I finally like, started realizing, I'm like, dude, a lot of people like these flavors, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them out. So we put them out. They're starting to sell very, very well. Um, shameless plug on my own podcast if you want to go check them out fireandsmokebbq.com you can pick up rubs we got three packs we got some more stuff coming out soon um, that I got got in the works but it's crazy how people will message me and they're like I used your rub on chicken it was the best chicken I've ever had in my life Um, and especially up here up north uh, a lot of people don't use rubs. They just don't understand it. They don't get that. Like they're like, oh well, we'll use like they're like, we'll marinate it. Okay, well guess what? That marinade brushes off almost when you, you know when you pull it out. Yeah, some of it gets in there and, and it'll help. But for the most part, I mean you need a good dry rub. You need that good rub to stick to that and, and create a crust. And it, it's so funny. We had, we had a guy that came up to me on Sunday, and he goes, "What was on your brisket?" I'm like, "Well, it's, you know, it's a rub. It's a you know a dry rub that we do." And blah blah blah. He goes, "That was the best brisket I've ever had in my life." <laughs> there and you I, go. And that's what we're there for, man. And, and, and that's like okay, cool. That just made sixteen hours worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. You, we get people, you know, the same way they'll come up and go, wow, that was, you know, and, and when so in, and, and being a chef, you know what I'm saying? That, that's the cool thing here. And, and teaching, so I teach so much, you know, And you see that kid that finally mastered whatever you're teaching them, you know what I'm saying? And, and they're like, great. Or, Hey, you know what? I went home and I cooked that for mom and dad last night. You know, one of the early dishes I do with them is actually chicken fried chicken. So, because I teach them how to uh, process a chicken, so we take the chicken, cut it up, we fillet one of the breasts off, and then the next day I let them pound that breast out, flour it up, pan fry it, and make a gravy with it. You know, and so they're fired. It's kind of the first thing they've really cooked, you know. Yeah, and they're fired up. Those kids go, "Hey, I made that for my mom last night and dad at the house," and you know, and they're just all—they're all fired up because that's the first thing that they put out for somebody and. And, you know, and it just, you know, and it, Hey, when you're, when you're like you, you're like, I, we're, we're hospitality people, you know, you know, San Antonio and one out of eight people are in the hospitality business in San Antonio, Texas. That's I insane. mean, it's huge. Is it really that it's big down there? Huge. Yes, it's huge. Hospitality. But you got to realize that's hotel, motel, theme parks, oh, yeah. horses, you know, go down the list of everything in hospitality. But yeah, it's, it's huge here. And uh, so, I mean, people can. When you're there in that business, you want to see somebody smile. I mean, that's it. When somebody's smiling, when oh they're pretty cute, I did it. Yep, that's it. You know,
0: I made it. It it it's it's insane. Like, it's that person that that makes it worth it, right? And mm-hmm. it's um, I always say it to people. You know, when they're like, when somebody goes, "Oh my god, I love this" or whatever, I love that. You're like, okay, cool. Three in the morning's not that bad.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, I've been many, and I, I've got a big reverse flow. And when I have a big pit, when I have a big cook, i got a reverse flow I can take 30 briskets on. And I uh, don't use it as much as I used to because, you know, two, two barbecue vaults. I can about get 30 briskets on those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that big reverse flow, or we'll do it. We have a big rib cook we do every year for 60 racks. You know, and I can get sixty racks of ribs in that big reverse flow, and you know, it's it's a three foot pit, nine foot cooking chamber. I got a twenty four inch insulated firebox on it. And my son and I and my nephew built it, and uh, you're sitting there all night long, every hour throwing on another stick. You know, it's cold outside or it's rainy outside, and you're wait, in your like, wait, wait. You're, you're, oh, this is a <laughs> good cold? yeah. Cold for us, not cold for you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not like spring day, you know, we're over here freezing our butts off and, um, uh, you know, but you know what I'm saying? You're out there and you're doing, like, gum, this is just, this is, this is, this is living the life, you know, it's yeah. it's part of being that bar. Now my son, my son's not like that. My son's like, Hey, give me a Southern pride. I'll set the temperature on that baby and I'll go to bed and come up. He's not, uh He's not where, let me have the, the uh, art of doing this with fire. He's like, hey, give me a good brisket at the end of the day. Let me get some rest, and I'll sell it, and I'm okay. He does it, but he, he doesn't have what I have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, he's a good, and he can, run my, he can run all my pits, and he does a good job, but he's like, Daddy, I would go and get a <laughs> Southern fried any day of the week, and I would go to bed at night and get up in the morning and take that barbecue out.
0: I can already hear Chandler screaming at me, being like, Mikey's going to get a Southern Pride soon. Chandler, it ain't going to happen. Um, I don't care how big of a restaurant we get. It ain't going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm a stubborn, stubborn human. <laughs> and I just – you know what it is? I feel like I, – I, I feel like I can feel the difference in the product Um. And and that's not saying that Southern prides aren't great because I think they're they're amazing cookers. Uh, same thing with old hickories and all those kind of all those kind of commercial style style cookers that you start putting those things into. But I just I, I feel like there's a little bit of love that miss is missed. You know what I mean? A little Sorry. bit a, a yeah. little that that love that love aspect of well. I got up. I split wood. I made sure that like the split that I was throwing in wouldn't you know wouldn't make my temp go skyrocket up and then skyrocket down and then keep a good flow. And it's it, it's insane how you want to make sure that it, it's done the right way. And especially for somebody like me who who's just a very uh, Kind of, I guess, hard-headed person. I feel like it, it works really well for me. It also calms me down when I'm cooking and I'm playing with fire and I'm burning the shit out of myself. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, sometimes you gotta you gotta move stuff in a firebox. You know what I mean, like, it, you got you gotta move you gotta move stuff in a firebox, and you may or may not hit that sidewall or hit something close to you or touch something that's hot, and it's just part of the job. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've you know,
1: you got, got battle scars, I can show you my, my forearms, you know, yeah. where I, you've done this or that and, and raked it over the wrong place on whatever grill you have, you know, I mean, I think I've burnt myself on every grill I own, I don't th- i don't think there's a grill I own that I haven't burnt myself on, you know. It's like a rite I've of passage. i got spots from them all. It's a rite
0: of passage, you know, yeah. my, oh, wife was- will, my wife will make fun of me and she'll be like, did you shave your arms or did you burn off the hair? Like probably just burnt off the hair. <laughs> so let me smell. Yeah, was yeah. Burnt. Yeah, you know. So, sometimes it just happens. You're especially like uh, every once in a while we'll have you know the whole family over at the house and we'll do um, we'll do steaks and stuff like that. You get a flare up here or there. You start moving stuff around. You know you're grilling hot and fast. So every once in a while you get those flare ups and you you know you burn some arm hair. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it goes with the territory and it's, it's,
1: I think it's part of that love of the fire.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I and, and not everyone has the love of the fire. No, not every, not everyone's infatuated with it. I, I, I know
1: some, I know, of course, you'll know, be in a chef. I know some great cooks that aren't in love with the fire and they're great cooks, yep. but you know, I, I think it takes a, it's just, it's just a different breed that, that is in love with the fire. And it's, fire is a cool thing i do one week every year with my high school students that they have to cook everything off a live fire outside i bring my dutch ovens up to school and I, i give them the week before i teach them about dutch ovens how to clean them you know all the processes how to how to season them give them all the rundown on it then we come up and i bring them to school one day and i go okay we're cooking a whole meal everything outside and, you know, you ought to see those kids, man. They're like kids in a candy shop. They eat it up. I'll, I got a, one of those big enamel boilers, and we'll make cowboy coffee. I guarantee you there's kids that have never drank coffee in their life that are, that are getting cups of cowboy coffee just because you know, you're throwing the grinds in there. There's there's no filter, no nothing, boiling it up over live fire. And I've got a buddy, uh, Jeff Gore. He, he does, on a lot of my videos, he does my intro and, and exit music, okay. especially older ones. Jeff, we've been friends since college and uh you know Jeff will come down and sing for him. He does. He does cow traditional cowboy music. Oh, awesome. And, uh, so yeah, Jeff and I we like we've been friends for 38 39 years. We, we met in 1980. So 39 years ago went to college together. And uh, so that's how long we've been friends. And now, he'll come out and sing for the day for the kids. So these kids city kids cuz I was you know, in the city. I'm out here in the country now but they're listening to cowboy music by a fire, cooking on a Dutch oven, drinking cowboy coffee and thinking, this is cool. You know, and it's funny because you would never think they would like that. It's not their style of music. It's not their. But each year, you know, the juniors, when they move to seniors, they go, hey, are you going to get that guy back to come
0: sing for us? Are we going to cook outside again? Because you know? it, be, it becomes a story, right? It becomes part of it. it it's going to become a story that they're going to tell their kids and they're going to they're going to tell, you know, uh, you know, it's it's going to be going to come a great story, which I think is very very cool. Um, Dutch oven cooking something I don't do that much of. Um, I would love to do more of. I don't have a good Dutch oven. I need to fix that problem. But uh it, it's such, Dutch ovens are are amazing. One of my old neighbors actually uh, he was he was in love with cooking Dutch with Dutch ovens. Like I mean, he was just like his infatuation with Dutch ovens was just amazing, and he would just he would cook some amazing stuff. And he was like, he he's like my favorite fav, uh, favorite thing to do in them, make bread. Yeah, yeah. He's like it, he's like you when, when you have bread out of a Dutch oven. He's like you'll never want any other bread. He's like there's just something magical about the way that thing cooks.
1: You know, and, and I think cooking in cast iron is is just gives food of flavor, whatever food you're doing. I, you know, I like cooking, uh, you know, I, I in the kitchen, we do a lot of stainless steel because that's what we use. Of course. Yeah. But I, There's something about cooking beans in a cast iron pot versus a stainless steel pot. Yeah. I, I think they're different, but I tell you what, I, I believe people, some people tell me I'm nuts. I totally believe a brisket cooked in a rock pit is better than a brisket cooked in a steel pit. Okay. I just, I just, you know, I've cooked them. I've got, I've got a rock pit at the house. I need to do a video cooking on it, you know, and I'll shovel live coals in, it, in that rock pit. And I've had these briskets off rock pits and people go, you're nuts. There's there no difference between a steel pit and that rock pit. And I'm going, I don't know, man. It just,
0: I think there, I, I think oh, there, I think there might be um, because of the the moisture that comes out of the rocks. First of all, the rock pit holds moisture differently than a steel pit does. Um, It also radiates heat differently. You know, you start breaking breaking all that stuff down and really nerding and geeking out on it. I mean, you can you could probably prove that there is a significant difference. I mean, same thing with. I mean, look at like you said, uh, cast iron. I, I, am a firm believer in that. I have a huge cast iron collection. Love it. Uh, guard it with my life. People are like, Oh, can I use your cast iron? I'm like, no, (laughs) I know it's almost indestructible, but just don't touch my cast iron. (laughs) Yeah. I worked hard on that
1: seasoning. I want to keep it where it's at. You know
0: know what I mean? Like I, some of my cat, like I have one stubborn cast iron pan right now. That doesn't want to season fully. It'll it, half of it is seasoned perfectly. The other half is we're still working on it. <laughs> yeah, I've done
1: that. I've seen that. I've got my my favorite skillet is uh, is a Victor, and it's about a hundred years old. Oh, you know if they were the, that that model was made between like ninety seven and 03 So I mean, I mean, at the youngest, this thing is. One hundred sixteen years old, and, and it's, it's, still- it's oh, it's slick, man. You you can you can fry an egg in it, and it'll just that egg will just slide across that baby.
0: And see, I I think the cast iron that was made back then is better than the cast iron now that's being produced now for sure. It's smoother. It's it's just the grain was just so much finer. They worked on a they worked on on getting a
1: real fine. Like if you get a Griswold or a Wagner, uh, the early lodges, you know, there was that nice smooth finish where now one reason they're rougher now is it's cause of pre seasoning. Yeah. The pre seasoning sticks. That's why they're rough today. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've got my I've got a couple of Martin Stoneman ranges that were my grandparents. And, you know, and those were were considered cheap cast iron back then. Now you're starting to see that Martin Stove and Range prices start going up when you're finding them places. But uh, when you bought a Martin Stove, you know, wood-burning stove, they would give you some of their pots and pans. So they were kind of considered the bottom end. But I've got a couple of Martins that are, they're just, man, they are slick. And then now they're heavy. They're more like today's lodges in weight-wise when you see that stuff. But as far as slickness, they Old slick as thing. Yeah, hey, and, Lodge came out with a, a new one, triple, triple season smoother. They're calling them Blacklock. Uh, my buddy uh, Backwoods Gourmet, he uh, he's uh, works with them, and they have sent him one of their big griddles the other day. They sent him one of their skillets to do some videos on, and that griddle really impressed the heck out of him. He cooked pancakes, eggs, and something else. Didn't season it any more than what it came from. From but Blacklock was, the, I guess, their original name of Lodge. Oh, and, really? Uh, I didn't know that. This new line that's kind of a little higher quality than your base, your base stuff. You know, you're probably paying triple than what you would pay for a regular Lodge. But I haven't got one yet. But uh, he says they are sweet, sweet, made in a little older way and seasoned a lot better. Triple, triple seasoned
0: from the factory. Triple seasoned, huh? I will say, I mean, I have a couple lodges that are, you know, they they were gifts. They I p- picked up a couple lodges, bought a couple different ones, and as obviously as you keep cooking on them, as you keep seasoning seasoning them, they get they get better. You know, they they just get better with time. And so if you find an old old cast iron like any any of the ones that you mentioned, it, it it's just they've they've been through so much.
1: You know, the bargains out there. I don't know if you know this is, but originally lodges did not have their name on them. So if you learn what an old lodge look like, you can find you, one. You, you can pick one up and, uh, and you can pick it up for a $5 bill and have a nice, nice skillet. Cause nobody knows what they have because it didn't say lodge on it, but you take it, you look at it you go, Hey, that's an old lodge. And I'm talking, you know, Prior 1960s, when they started putting USA on everything, you know, prior to that, you didn't have USA stamped on everything. So you can go find you a lodge if you don't know what you're looking for from the 30s, 40s, 50s. And they they're they're sweet. I mean, they're they're heavy. You know, they're a little heavier. They're not as light as the Griswolds and the Wagners or my Victor or, or some of those. But they are smooth,
0: smooth, smooth, and you pick them up for a song and a dance at a flea market or something. See, I think you guys get more of those down there than we do up here. <laughs> it's a little harder to find them if they're making their way up here. Most people know what they have, you know what yeah. I mean? Or a lot of them do, at least a lot. A lot of people know what they foundry. have. Y- y'all got some Chicago foundry. Ought to be,
1: you know running around there but i'm sure people know what chicago foundry is you know yeah but hey they've got some they've got some sweet stuff some of those old companies that are long gone i mean the only one that made it was lodge you know what i'm saying they, they made it through you take uh, birmingham stove and range you take uh martin stove and range you take chicago foundry you know all those all those people were putting out some great iron back then and it you know, here we are talking cast iron on a barbecue barbecue podcast, but hey, that's hey, what we do. It's you a know, it's it's it kinda kinda morphed into that. But you know, there's some there's some great old stuff out there that sometimes you can find at a really good price that is
0: wonderful cooking pieces of iron. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's just like I said, usually whenever I find them, the person knows what they have. So uh, <laughs> they don't want to let it go for the price that I'd like to purchase it at. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? it's, it's
1: getting more. You know, with the, of course the internet, you know, it it made it possible for us to do this. It made us possible for that. My YouTube channel, yeah. But it also made it possible for somebody to find out what a Griswold was worth.
0: Yeah, where well, so. they'd be like, well, what is this actually worth? Is it worth ten bucks, or is it worth you know, is it worth a hell of a lot more? And it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll sell this one to you for a hundred bucks. And it's like, wow, well, oh, I'd really like to pay ten. <laughs> It's worth a hundred, but I'd like to pay ten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I think it's cool. And as as those um, you know, as it gets older and as the time goes on, I mean, they're just going to go up in value. You know what I mean? Because they're not being produced. So if there's two hundred of them in the world, you know, if a couple of them break or pop or whatever, it's the number just decreases. So then their price increases. I had, at one time, I had over 200 pieces of iron. Where would you store it all?
1: Uh, You know, I I had a barn. You know, we we had it in the barn and here and there. Some of it I got on display. Some of it's in my camping. You know, some of it I use. You know, I got different places I keep it. But um, we started selling it off. And I'm probably somewhere around 100 pieces now. And I probably need to get rid of some more. But, you know, I've got some turn-of-the-century stuff. I got some 1800s. You know the old gate marks are on them, and and things. With the technology changed about 1895. That's when you start. You know, you, you find those with the ridges on them. They may have a ridge on the side or on the bottom or somewhere. That's called a gate mark. That's the way they they the foundry made them. So if you find something with a gate mark, it's 1800s. You know. So, okay. Yeah, I had I had some I had some stuff like that, and some people came by and wanted them worse than I did. <laughs> so. You know, they're like, hey, get you want it that bad? There you go. And people knew I had, we had a little antique store for a while, and people knew I had it, so I was horse trading on, on iron all the time and getting stuff, and I knew what I was looking for. So back then, I, you know, I forgot a lot of it because I don't do it that much anymore, but, you know, I could walk through, and I, I knew what a a handle of a um, a Griswold uh, uh, Green Mountain looked like. You know what I'm saying? Because what they did was, was, in the nice stores, they sold Griswold, but then they would i not green my Red Mountain. So they would—they would go out and they would sell them under a different name in a Montgomery Ward's instead of a a, a Dillard, you know or whatever yep. the or whatever they were Jaskies, I guess, whatever it was back then. And uh, so, but if you knew the shapes of the handles and stuff, you go, oh, I know what that is. And, and back when I was dealing with it, you know, 15 years ago, I knew those shapes and i could go hey this is a this is a wagner hey this is a you know that wasn't named where they had made these that didn't have their name on them that they were selling at discount places but you still were getting the you get the, the same iron thing. they didn't have the name right yeah so if you knew the shape of the handle or the the way the numbers were on it you know uh you know and that's part of the deal with lodge like one of the one of the big giveaways with lodge is and you can, if you take a skillet and turn it over and it has a heat ring, you know, a lot of the old ones had a heat ring all the way around them. On a lodge, it had three breaks in it, across one across from each other and one on the top. So if you see a heat ring like that, that's a lodge. People don't know that that's a lodge, but that's a lodge. Okay. You know, and you can grab it and, you know, that's some of those that you pick up for two, three, four, five dollars, you know. They got that, they got the three breaks in the heat ring. You're like, Phew, I know what, what that is. That's an old lodge, you know, I'm learning Made something new. I'm stoked. The- 30s, you know, And like I said, I forgot a lot of it, but you know, there's some of the things I still know. And if we're at the flea market and I, every time I walk past the table and there's iron sitting on it, my wife does it always. She's like, don't bring no more home, <laughs> but I, it catches my eye, you know, and I'll, I'll go over and look and see what they have there and, and, and what's in it. And, I really won't buy iron anymore unless it's it's unique or old or you know something like that.
0: But, something, something that you kind of really want to own or something you yeah, want to play with. I, absolutely, that'd be cool, That that'd be cool to have. And you know, and
1: if it you know you sit it down and it's on a flat table that sits flat and does it. Some of those old, especially you take the Wagners that kind of had that thinner. They were lighter. They were made thinner. That bottom will get a little a little cup to it. So if you sit it down, if you're going to cook on a on a, a flat surface it'll it'll wobble a little because that bottom's bowed out a little bit yeah it's no longer flat but if you're going to put it on a campfire over some grates it really won't hurt you but you'll know, sit it down does it not wobble and make sure there's no cracks in it and if it's nice i'll, I'll bring it home it, it needs a good home somebody will love it i'm sure the wife loves that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. i like my daughter and puppies you know the
0: same way <laughs> So, you're down in Texas. Um, I was recently in Kansas City, and we were there for NBBQA, And there was a lovely gentleman that is starting some cool stuff in Texas for for the high schools. And you you teach bar, are you teach cooking and all that stuff? Um, so I was gonna, I figured I'd ask you. You, you might be a good um, a good outlet for this. Um, the high school barbecue teams. How are, how are those doing? Do you guys have any by you or? Yeah. I don't know of anybody close
1: to me that that is doing it. Um, okay. The, but you've the, heard of it. The one that I knew Mikey wasn't started was Burnett high schools. The first one I knew that had one and they simply put on a, a cook off and said, Hey, other high schools are invited. And it was going through a lot of the culinary classes yeah. kind of there, but it, it morphed into also the ag classes. Cause those boys would build a pit And then they would cook on it. Right. Yeah. So you're seeing the FFA boys and you're seeing the, the culinary kids. And I guess now it's FFA girls too. You know, you're they're they're both in there, but, but kind of those two were doing it, but, but Burnett high school up in kind of North central, North of Austin, North and West of Austin, I guess West of Austin a little bit. They were the first one I knew that did it. And then that kind of caught on and people were going to it. Then another school said, Hey, let's have one where now they, they have the contest. Uh, I'm taking my kids to a cook-off in a couple of weeks, and uh, when I was in San Antonio, I never did. I got out here. One of the ag teachers was like, "Hey, let's look into these high school cook-offs." So I was like, "I'll do it." And actually, this, this isn't a high school cook-off; it's just an open IBCA cook-off. But um, it raises scholarships for local schools, and that when we get one of our students gets a scholarship at it. So, so I had some of the administration come to me and they go, hey, chef, because they knew I used to, uh, you know, cook off all the time. They said, "Will you enter a team down there to represent the Lytle High School and, you know, take your kids. So one of the ag teachers here, myself, we're taking, we're going to take a, one of the short buses and we'll probably take, you know, a dozen and a half kids over there. And they're going to be in an IBCA cook off, probably the only high school group there, but uh, old, old people that know me from when I used to cook off will know my kids got a ringer and the, you know, not every uh, most people look at those kids and go, ah, those are kids. They won't, but I've got some ugly drum smokers and I've got a, uh, um, uh, uh, barrel house cooker and we're going to take those and we're going to do some hot and fast, uh, cooking on those. And I'm sure they'll look at our little barrel smokers and laugh at us and think, oh, look at those high school kids.
0: Yeah, but you know what the crazy uh, 100, thing is
1: hundred top ten finishes and barbecue cook offs.
0: I mean you got you got dudes that are that are winning grand champions with, <laughs> with barrel smokers. So. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Those it's, things aren't anything to laugh at. No,
1: not at all. We uh we went to a cook off the other day, um, and I don't know if you if you've ever uh seen this channel or talked to him, but Bill over at Chicken Fried Barbecue. I have He's, not no. He's got a he's got a small channel, and he's one that kind of communicates in the group that, that you were with that night when we were all talking. Yeah, and he came down to cook off with me, so we went to this cook off about thirty miles from my house, and you know, and, and he's got an ugly drum smoker. I take my ugly drum in my in my uh, barrel house, and we're cooking up, and he's got a brisket going, and I've got the ribs and the chicken going, and we're and people are kind of walking by when they, you know, and there's these great big, you know, there's some big. Uh, pit maker rigs there from pit maker there's you know the people next to us have this big walk-on trailer i mean nice nice rigs you know and uh you know there's people kind of walking by us and they'll look and they'll kind of point and you can hear them say stuff and you know they're thinking them poor guys couldn't afford a pit right and and so then during the awards you know we went sixth place brisket fourth place chicken first place ribs and so everybody came by afterwards, going, "Hey, tell us about those those smokers you've got." You know, you know. And yeah, well, you know, we've got a, you know, a two hundred dollar uh, ugly drum smokers here, and we had a my barrel house was free. They sent it to me for doing some videos. So, you know, somebody that had a twenty thousand dollar rig
0: there is asking us about barrel smokers after that. You know, but hey, so they figured out that they could cook. It, it's one of those things man just because you spent 20 grand on your cooker doesn't mean you can cook you know you know it, 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 it's it's kind of funny I'll, I'll get those questions every once in a while and it's like well what cooker should I buy I don't know buy a cooker I always like my, my biggest thing right away is when most people are like I want I want a smoker I just want a smoker I want a smoker I'm like cool like go buy um, a Weber Smoky Mountain they're easy accessible. Um, they're not they're not that expensive. Go buy one. Go see yeah. if you like it. Yeah, I I recommend a
1: lot of time for people's first smoker is a barrel is a barrel smoker or when a barrel smoker, yeah they fit into that you know that barrel you know you can get a you can get a pit barrel for three hundred dollars delivered you to can, your door yeah you know you can get a barrel house you know for around the same. If you're a handyman, you can you can build a nice ugly drum smoker for a buck and a quarter. You know what I'm saying? For 125 dollars, you can build You it. can you can fit two briskets on a on a on a full size 55 gallon drum. Yeah. You know, so if you're a handyman, hey get on the internet, see how to make a barrel smoker. That's a great, and they're they're not hard to control. They're easy to work, and uh, you know you can. And you can cook some great barbecue and not spend a lot of money to see what – are you going to like it? Yeah. You may go, I don't like staying up all night. You know, it wasn't what I thought it was. It's, you know, you go out and spend, uh, you know, $3,500 for a barbecue vault, but you got a, you got an investment. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or these other big, big companies, uh, you know, go go get your Myron Mixon. You know, what's that thing going to cost you? Depends. You know, what size you, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, it's – now, are they nice? Hey, I've never cooked on one, but I, I, I've looked at a few. of them, like, well, those are sweet cookers, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, you you're gonna put out some money for it, you know, yeah. if you're if you're. But if you're saying, hey, I'm just start, I would much rather see somebody start with a barrel smoker than a cheap offset.
0: I would agree with you. I think I think the, the learning curve is better. And I also think the frustration level is a lot lower. Um, yep. And what what I say by that is a lot of people are like, no, "No, no, I want the offset. I want the offset." I go, "There's nothing wrong with the, the offset, but when you get to the the low end offset and you get to that cheap offset, dude, those things leak. The airflow's not that good. Trying to control tech, just a nightmare, and." When you learn how to do it, guess what? Oh yeah. Oh don't get me wrong, if you really want to master it and you master that cheap thing, dude, you're gonna be you're gonna fly on the on a you know, on a nicer one. But I think a lot of people get frustrated and they can't figure out the temp control and they burn up their product.
1: You know, they really do. Yeah, they get that brisket over close to that firebox and
0: that end of it's freaking, you know, charcoal before they finish, you know one ends charcoal and the other ends still like at 125
1: without a doubt without a doubt you know it's it's you know it's it's hard to learn how to cook on one of those if you work your you if you get one of those you have got to walk to learn how to do it and you're gonna you're gonna master your craft because you're gonna work your butt off getting it right yeah you know are you gonna just get pissed off
0: and quit one or the other and I think a lot of people piss, get pissed off and quit. that's why that's why I recommend that. you know like I'm like, why don't you get a Weber Smoky mountain they're They're fantastic cookers they they really are you know they, they do a good job. they're not insulated so if you're up here, smoking in the winter is a little bit more difficult. Um, same thing with a 55 gallon drum though they're not insulated. they're not going hold they're not going to hold temp beautifully at negative 10 degrees. They're just not they're not meant to. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, but not at all. <laughs> it's not. It's not what it's meant to do. But at the same time, when you when you learn that cooker, you can move to another one. You can yeah. learn to something a little nicer. Look
1: at too. You know, and I, I know you've met Harry. Harry's a I, I've great had a dude. Times to hang out with Harry a couple of times. You know, and, and I've seen Harry on TV cooking some pretty foul weather on a Weber Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Now the times I've cooked with him here. You know it, the the weather's been okay. Now one time it was a really crappy day over at Troy's house when we were all there, but uh, I don't think we broke the Weber Smoky Mountain out that day. But Harry knows those things in inside and out. Yeah, he does. And he yeah. does
0: killer barbecue on a Weber Smoky Mountain. I mean, it wasn't this year. It was the year before at uh, Weber's uh, brisket class. <coughs> one of the and I was not there, so this is just this is just me telling a story. Um, one of the cookers fell over. A Weber Smoky Mountain fell over. The damn thing, I mean it it, it completely fell over, so you, you got to think charcoal's over, shit got moved, water pan because there's a big water pan in there, spilled out. When they got there to see it, it was still holding 250. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Dude, there's they, a reason people buy Weber's. And they and they salvaged that brisket. They were able to actually salvage it. I believe it. That's believe saying it. a lot. You know what I mean? That's saying a lot. For for a, a cooker that is under five hundred dollars for it to cook that well, that's saying a lot. I mean it, it, it really is. That, I a mean, night. No. I know a lot of people a lot of people will 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 be like $500 for a cooker that's insane it's like no 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 calm down it's it's really not like you don't understand it's it's really really not and we get I get that I get that question a lot up up here where uh, barbecue's not quite as big yet we're getting a lot of people that are into it a lot a lot more people are getting into it but they still don't know they they still they didn't do the research they're not they're not going and you know seeing what's really out there. They're going to Home Depot and they're, they're seeing what Home Depot has, right? They're like, okay, well, Home Depot has this thing, I should buy it. Yeah, that that embers right there, I need to pick
1: that up and... Take, and you're going, yeah, you gotta work your ass off on that pitch, you know? Mm-hmm. I've got a buddy of mine that... He, he's a... Well, Jeff, the one I was talking about, the singer, you yeah. know? Jeff does some pretty good cooking, but he's not, you know, he's not a barbecue guy by any means, but he can... He'll throw a brisket on, or, or he'll, uh, i tell you what, for his daughter's wedding, he bought up a bunch of uh, standing rib roasts, and he cooked them on a New Braunfels smoker, those all set New Braunfels smokers, you know, and uh, buddy, he did some great cooking on it, but he cooks on it all the time, he, learned he knows this. how
0: it works,
1: so when he's home and he's not out singing somewhere, he's... You know he'll he'll throw stuff on there and he, he but he knew how to handle it. But you know, I look at that cooker and I'm thinking, oh man, poor Jeff. He needs he needs it. But you know now, but he's got a guitar worth a lot more money inside. You know because that's what he loves is that guitar. You know exactly that smoker, but
0: he does great stuff with it. You know it, we uh, I don't know where I was. I was out talking barbecue with somebody and. His wife walked up, right, and she's like, "Yeah, he would love probably most of your toys and blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Yeah, he probably would." Um, and she's like, "You know, but I just think it's you know, it's probably crazy. What'd you spend on your cooker? Four or five hundred dollars?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> honey, honey, oh, yeah. we got to go a little higher."
1: <laughs> yeah, no
0: idea. So said, uh, no, I said, the
1: greatest commercial i love no is my wife i joke with her about it is is uh midway usa is up in waco texas and you'll see them on like hunting shows and stuff where they they have gun products and all this yep and the wife comes walking out and never shows her above the knees she comes walking out in these high hills right and she goes honey do you really need another gun, you know, or something like that? And she's in these shoes, you know, and so a bunch of their commercials are her walking out and you see her walking out and, well, honey, how many shotguns does a man need? You know, if she's in a different pair of shoes. It walks back, you know, I, I love that. I love the commercials that Midway uh, puts on, you know, with his wife walking out and checking out what he's got and then walking away and all it shows is if they move his set of heels, she's in, you know, how many man really need?
0: How, how many sets of shoes do you need, babe? Well, <laughs> let me talk to you about it. And it, 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 but it's you know, if it's something that you love and it's something that uh, that drives you or is a passion for you, why not? I mean, it, it, there, there's worse habits to have.
1: You're, and you're absolutely right, and you know, you know, I, you know, I, I tell my wife, you know, I, said, I could drink and get crazy and run to the bars, you know, I I just stay at home and cook barbecue, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, probably uh, just as expensive. You know, I could suck a whole lot more, you know. I just a little bit. It, 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 it's probably just expensive. So when you first started, I want to I want to go down this rabbit hole with you too. Uh, when you first started, kind of your YouTube channel, what what made you you know say, listen, I w- I want to be on YouTube. I want to start um, creating videos, and I want to start doing this stuff. What kind of what what was that first inclination to be like, yeah, I kind of want to do this.
1: It was students. I I had some boys in my class that were, I had a good group of guys that year. And we would watch, you know, if we got our work done, I let them watch YouTube. So they had some YouTubers they liked. And uh, we would watch different ones. And they're like, man, Chef, you're better than that guy. You're better than that. You need to do that. Hey, you got a better recipe than that. So if you go back and you look at my early videos, you will realize it was about the recipe. And I really sucked at videoing you know, hey, because where did my expert? Hey, I, I am a freaking cook. You know, I'm not a I'm not a professional photographer, and, yeah. and you tell that in my early videos. They were they were pretty bad, and but I was just putting out recipes, and I was putting out recipes. And right at the same uh, so time, you got better and better. I did get better and better, and then as I was getting a little bit bigger, um, you know, I, I had a big channel reach out to me and go, hey. You freaking need to get serious about this YouTube stuff. You've done enough crappy videos, you know, get, get serious about your camera work and about your editing, you know? And, and they were like, Hey, you know, and you'll, you'll start making some money at this. And I'm like, Oh man, I'll never get big enough to, you know, to make any money on YouTube. That's people that get a million views or whatever. Yeah, they're like, no, no, really, you'll, you, you would make money right now. I had about 5,000 subscribers and never monetized with five, you know, people are griping now because they have to get to a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. I was at 5,000 subscribers and had never monetized ever. You know, I'm just throwing out videos and they go, no, you'd make money now. And I'm like, really? They go, yeah, you would make a lot, but you'd make money. So I actually, about this time of the year, monetized two years ago. And my first check was $139. And I was like, I got a check for $139. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't a check. You they put it in your account. But you know yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm going, they paid me for $139 for having a bid, you know, and had no idea, you know, and that was, that was I was, you know, in that 5000 5500 range then, you know, and 27000 right now, I'm just chugging along and, trying to grow and trying to get bigger and trying to do things better. But, but anyways, he motivated me to, to get better. And then, uh, the, uh, Greg over at ballistic barbecue was on the hot seat. When yeah. back hobo nickel was doing it. And they always ask that question. Give me a big channel. You watch uh, a little channel. You watch and a channel that should be bigger than it is. So I'm sitting there listening to it, and Greg goes, you know, and at that time he was 170,000, 180,000 subscribers, something like that. He goes, oh, well, man, Chef Johnny, Texas-style cuisine. He goes, that guy ought to be bigger, man. He goes, I love watching him. He looks like an old freaking, he ought to be on a chuck wagon somewhere, driving it across there. That guy, his channel ought to be bigger. And I was was at the house going, honey, he said my name. He said my name. You know, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm going, Ballistic Barbecue just said my name. And she's you know, like, okay, whatever, leave me alone. But, but I was going nuts, you know, that he said that. And, and so motivation through that, you know, and I I got serious about it. And I try to do better videos. I try to, try to, you know, do better camera work, better lighting and in, in, in make it better, but it was my students who originally got me, you know, that was a, a long answer for it, probably, I should have been a short one, but no, it was my st- students student sent me that way.
0: No, it, it's an amazing, an amazing answer, because I, you know, I would love to get back on the YouTube train, uh, I, I've kind of fallen off of it, but I, my life's just a, a fucking crazy, crazy wreck right now, with, with doing this podcast, doing doing uh you know starting a business and do, doing what, I, what we're doing it's just it's, it's insane you know what i mean there's just so there's only so many hours in the day uh, that's
1: what's funny i'll have people ask me like man why why do you do youtube you know they give me that look people i know and i go well i it's because when i get older i don't want to have to say welcome to walmart you know it's true You know, they're going to be, they're going to be sending me, you know, those, those videos are going to be sending me money every month. As long as YouTube doesn't change its rules. And, uh, you know, if you have the right kind of account, you can hand it down to your kids yeah and they can enjoy the money from it. So, uh, my goal is, is, is to one day turn it over to one of the kids. My daughter's a wonderful cook. My son's a great barbecue cook. My daughter's a wonderful cook all the way around. They're both very good cooks, but, uh, you know, look at the two of them and say, hey, my son actually wants to start. And I tell everybody to start a YouTube channel. Do it. It is a great passive income once you get it going. You know, you won't make money tomorrow. You're not going to make money next month. No. But a year or two years or three years, yes. And my son wants to start a guitar channel. He's a very, very good guitar uh, player. What's funny is it made me think about him a while ago when you said that of is is how critical you are on yourself. You know? And it made me think of him because I'm like, man, John, that sounded good. No, no, Dave, that's that's really not good enough. That's that didn't sound right. He's always concerned. You know, his his, his guitar playing is never good enough. Yeah. Well, yours, mine, brisket is never good enough. Yeah. you know, and it's his guitar. That's his. You know, that's his. That's his deal. It's yeah. his guitar.
0: But that that's how you know that's how the artist always is, right? Um, And it doesn't matter what the art form is, whether it's food, painting, writing, um, guitar, singing, whatever. It's if your art form is not where you want it to be, it's never going to be good enough. And even though people give you this like, oh, my God, it's amazing. You guys are doing so good. You're doing so good. It's like, yeah, but I can do better. And I, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm only as good as my last cook. Right. I, I'm only as good as the last thing, the last food that you ate, I'm only that good. Because yeah, fits- A lot of barbecue places living on their name.
1: A lot. You, I'm sure you've been to them. Oh, you know, we, oh. we we went to Memphis a few years ago. That's where I saw my first Myron Mixon was that that. Have you been to that Bass Pro in Memphis that's the big? I um, not, no. Oh, buddy. Let me tell you what. If you're ever around Memphis, go to that Bass Pro. You okay. can put four of the Bass Pros in San Antonio inside of that big pyramid. Damn. It's, oh, hey, it's, they've got a dining, a dining room at the top of it. It's a, the world's tallest freestanding elevator, 300 feet straight up. There's an observation deck, a bar, and a dining room up there. Cost costs you $10 to ride the elevator up, but they'll take $10 off your meal if you eat up there. Yeah. So we went up and we walked around and they had Myron Mixon Smokers in there. And I was like, oh, these babies are sweet.
0: They but, really uh, are. They, they, they're, they're beautiful cookers. Um, I get hit up all the time on my Instagram getting asked, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? I was actually talking to one of my good buddies today. Uh, my buddy Cowboy Kev, we chat quite a bit. Um, if you don't follow him, you definitely should. Um, he does some awesome stuff. He's Wiley E. Uh, Wiley E. Barbecue on Instagram. Uh, he's also a blogger for us. But me and him talk about that all the time, and I get hit up a, a lot. I get a lot of questions about that mixing. I get the, um, you know, can you get crunchy skin on it? Can you get a good bark because there's so much moisture in there? And I'm like, dude, I don't have a problem getting a bark on my brisket, my shoulder getting bite through skin on my on my chickens or getting crunchy skin on my chicken we do um we do a smoked chicken wing and there are people that are like you smoked this chicken wing it does not taste like or not that it doesn't taste like a smoked chicken wing it does not like the texture does not feel like rubbery or anything they're like why is it that when I go to my cooker I get rubbery skin I'm like I don't know what are you pulling it at you know what I mean what temperature are you cooking at there's so many different things that matter. And that pit allows me to do a lot of crazy stuff, but I've learned that pit because I cooked so many times on it. And I mean, I cook on that pit almost every single day. Now I'm cooking every single day on that pit and I'm just getting better and better at that pit. Um, and we're, we're looking to do a barbecue, a concession trailer. That's the next kind of step for the, for the company and i'm putting a mixing on the back of that thing i had a yeah. guy hit me up and he's like dude he's like well i've heard that you got to baby it and you know you got to throw sticks into it every you know every 45 minutes to an hour sometimes it's half an hour to, yeah depending on the temperature outside sometimes it's every 20 minutes you're throwing in a stick and that's because you know what when it's when it's 12 degrees outside I don't care how insulated your your you know your your cookers are, they're gonna eat wood. Right, and
1: you know this too is 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 oh gosh, you gotta throw. It's a freaking stick burner. Yeah, you're gonna throw sticks in it. There's not a stick burner out there you don't throw sticks into every half hour, every hour, you know whatever whatever
0: that smoker is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Whatever
1: it is, you're gonna feed it, and you gotta feed
0: it. And you know, there are guys out there that are like, well, you know, I kinda have like they have the, they have the jambo style stick burners and what they do is you know, they, they do a big charcoal basket, right? And they, they, they just throw, you know, a split on there every every little bit and they kinda run off that charcoal. I mean, that's different. You're not you're not throwing just straight sticks in. When you throw straight sticks and it's gonna burn differently. Sure it has sure. to. You know, no. anybody that anyone that has a lane, any, anyone that has, you know, an offset stick burner, any of those real stick burners, you're going to throw sticks into it. I don't know. Like if you don't want to do the work, don't get one. Get something different. You know, he had, I, had, I had a guy ask me, he's like, well, what's the difference between that and a Southern Pride? I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know what Southern Pride you're looking at, but there's probably a gas assist on it. You're not going to be throwing sticks in quite as often. No, no, no I'm going to be burning real sticks. I'm not. I'm not going to use the gas assist. Okay. Well, then if you're not going to use the gas assist, you're going to baby it just as much.
1: Well, I mean, and my question be is then why are you going to spend all the money on it? Go buy you a damn nice stick burner. You know, I mean, that's where I would be. I've got a buddy that has two of them. He's got a. He's got a barbecue place in San Antonio, yep. And he, he made his own pit. It was a hay-like block pit originally. He's been now he's been selling barbecue for over thirty years. I mean, so you know the guy's putting out good Q, or he wouldn't still be selling barbecue in San Antonio. Yeah, but the original pit was a hay-like block square pit. He had an insulate. He had like a top on it. Thing. it was I don't know metal or what, but insulation on top of it. Yep. And he had a, a gas heater in it. And then he had another little spot that he would put a log in for his wood. And he cooked in that thing for 30 years. You know, and finally the restaurant was just so big, it wouldn't cook enough for him. (laughs) So he bought him a Southern Pride because they were getting too busy. So he had it and he had a Southern Pride. And he was cooking in the two of them. But he made that with like a... His uh, thermostat looked like one off of a water heater. You know those old thermostats off a water heater? And, they, and everything yeah. that, that's everything it looked like. But he had made it. when 30 years before, he had went in and figured out how to work up the gas, do everything on it, and he's cooking on it. He's got very good barbecue, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he, bu- he built a brand-new building about a year ago, bought him a second Southern Pride, and they have they had a line in the old small building. Now that they got the big building, they still have a line, and people are showing up. He's doing good stuff, but you know it's it's you know if you want a Southern pride, go get you one. You know what I'm saying, but it ain't the same. You're right. It ain't the same thing, man. It's. Yeah, I mean, can you turn out some good barbecue? Yeah, you turn some good barbecue, but is it the same thing as burning logs all night? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think so.
0: It's just not. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not. And I know. I, I know a couple of barbecue restaurants up here that will. Uh, they'll they'll turn their southern Prides on, and they'll turn the gas on just to get get it up to temp, and then they'll throw a couple sticks in it, let it let it smoke for a little bit, and as soon as those sticks are burnt out and that smoke is kind of penetrated a little bit into it, they run gas all night.
1: Is is the ones he's got. It, it has wood in it all the time. So but it's got his gas burner, but it's probably got a and I don't know if you see that on camera, but maybe yeah. sixteen inches, two and a half, three foot deep, probably two and a half foot deep, that he puts logs in. Yeah. Locks it in, you know, cast iron, not cast but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. steel or whatever, all the way around a big heavy duty door. Locks it in there. So it's always, you know, pumping gas into, into that wood. Yep. And, uh, he's got, he's got two big rotisseries and, and he's been cooking barbecue for 30 something years. So he's doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Or he wouldn't be in business today.
0: Well, but, I mean, at, at some point, like you said, he got a bigger place. Uh, eventually some of those pits just won't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, it is what it is, but some of us are, some of us are gluttons for punishment. That's
1: it. <laughs> it's the love of the fire. You know what I'm saying? It is the love of the fire. We talked about that a while ago. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, uh, he's just, like I said, great barbecue, great, but he'll look at, she goes, you know, people come griping me for not being a purist, but he goes, I can go home and I can go to bed, <laughs> you know? Yep. You, know, and he, you know, he's he's not as young as I am, you know, he's older than I am, but he's like, you know, especially at, the, at my age, it's nice to sleep all night, you know, and of course he has people getting his stuff on and getting it off in the mornings and he's overseeing it all. But, but, you know, that's, that's, he's making good barbecue. He's making gum good money, you know,
0: good for him. Good for him. That's you
1: know, all I got to say. Going, you know, super person, great guy, good, good barbecue. I'll, I'll eat his barbecue any day of the week. And it's it's always it's always good. I think his chicken is freaking. I wish I could cook chicken as good as he can. He cooks a great chicken.
0: You know the funny thing is our chickens really really. It's, it's a fa- like I, I think we got a fantastic chicken. We got a fantastic product. We cannot sell chicken at pop ups to save my life.
1: I try. I have a hard time selling chicken, and I, Bruce sells the hell out of chicken.
0: Brisket gone. Yeah. Pork gone. I'll have chicken on the menu, and I'll be like, we got chicken. And they're like, eh, never mind.
1: Yeah, Br- brisket and ribs are our, are our big, yeah. We, we, pork is funny down here. It's like one weekend, I just, I don't have enough pork because everybody wanted it. And the next weekend, I cook extra, and nobody wants it. You, you
0: know, know. It's so a vicious pork,
1: cycle. You know, it's just, it's hard to guess on pork. Uh, my, my chicken sales are pretty consistent, but it's never a whole lot. But I tell you what, Bruce goes through, right? You know, and as the crow flies, he's probably 20 miles from him, you know, something like that. Uh, but uh, he was right by the high school I used to teach at in San Antonio, and he sells
0: chicken like it's freaking going out of style. But see, now when we do our chicken wings, yeah, dude, those are gone. Yeah, those are those are gone. Those will be the first. Those will those will fly out faster than brisket.
1: Now, turkey does, turkey, for me, turkey does fairly good. I can I can do all right on turkey. I don't cook it all year, but I, I'll cook it usually when it's a little bit busier. And uh, we we do all right on that. People like it. But I just, I mean, people down here, they want, when they talk barbecue, they're talking brisket. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the king, and that's what they want. And we, we do good on our, I do spare ribs, and, and I do kind of a Kansas City cut on those. So I, I'm giving them a big chunk of that of that spare rib, you know, and they they like that. And and, and I've actually I've won more cook-offs with ribs than I have anything else. So I'm, I make a really good rib, but uh, it's it's you know, it brisket's the king. It, it's the king, and that's what people want. They they freaking
0: want brisket, you know. You know, brisket's just a beautiful piece of meat. <laughs> I can't. I well, the you know, only thing that I ever <laughs> Challenge. I mean, it's really when you think about it, it's a challenge. It's two pieces. It's two different muscles that are wedged together by a big ass strip of fat. They they're, they cook at different temp or they cook differently. They they're done at different temperatures. They're one super lean, one super fatty, um, and it's it, it's making sure that you can render that fat and not dry out that lean. Right? That, that's the game that's <laughs> the other
1: thing you're doing oh there's no
0: other piece of meat like
1: a brisket nope not out there and it's 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 that you know it's that challenge of how'd I do it this time and my son he's getting to be a daggum good brisket cook I mean he is people go oh nah, at least chef that was wonderful no, I nah, you got no you gotta you gotta tell my son thank you for that one. he's the one that you know he's the one that did it but uh, I mean it's 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 something else. You know, I mean, it's it, it's work, it's fun, it's a great battle to fight.
0: And each brisket you know, cooks differently. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, and, and see, that's where people don't understand. Every brisket's different. Every pit is different. Every night of cooking in a pit is different. There's no, there's no two nights the same. It's not like me walking in here and turning on one of my ovens and putting a cake in it. I know that oven is going to be 350 degrees every time I turn it on. And it's going to cook that cake in 30 minutes.
0: And a a, a pit is never that way. Nothing is ever the same. And the, the crazy thing is, you know, you can put two identical pits next to each other. And they will cook differently.
1: Oh, yeah. I've got my two pit makers on my barbecue trailer. So I've got one on the right side one on the left side. And they don't cook the same. Nope. But they're the exact same pit. Exact same pit. I picked them up on the same day. Same color. know, go down the list. There was nothing different in those two pits. They got the same
0: smokestacks on them. Everything is the same. But one likes sitting at 250. One likes sitting at 275. Yeah.
1: There you go. It just...
0: And I, I, the, the funny thing is like... I know. I used to be. I used to definitely be like, okay, I want to be 225. I want to be 250. I want to hit those numbers. I want to hit those things when I kind of first started. And then that's great to be that way to start learning all that stuff. But after a while, I'm like, dude, that pit wants to sit at 275 today. Sounds good. I'm gonna let it I'm gonna run. Up. I'm gonna let it go. Guess what? We're cooking at 275 today. <laughs> My big
1: reverse flow loves to cruise about 240, 245. That's where it runs. If I push it any hotter, it's a lot of work. But about 245, that's its cruising speed.
0: You know, my my pit makers, I run them at 275. My mixin likes my my loves sitting 275 300. It just it that area right there, that 275 300 area. Sometimes we're at like 280. It loves, it loves it. It just cruises. It, it it produces amazing barbecue at that temperature, and I'm like, okay, cool. So that's what we cook at.
1: Well, one of the chefs, one of the chefs at the college I teach at, you know, him and I are always going around, and he, I mean, he'll cook at, at down down close to 200. I mean, he's a guy that he'll take 16 hours to cook a brisket, you know. And oh, it's, I said the only difference between your brisket is mine is I got to sleep and you didn't, you know. Hey, I used to, I used to do that 225 in my, in my reverse flow, I would try to keep it 225 to 250. You know, it's a big pit. You put loaded down with meat and I'd, I'd run it and cook it at that. And that's where I tried to keep it was in that 25 degree range all night. And I stayed up all night and I nursed it. And I, let me tell you what, the briskets I cook at 275 are just as good as the briskets I cooked at 225 to 250. I agree but with you. I, I cooked them, you know, instead of taking an hour, hour and a half per pound, I'm cooking them in 45 minutes to an hour per pound. Yeah. And that's, you're cooking every weekend or every day. Let me tell you what, it's, it's nice to get a little rest. Oh, I agree with you. I, I don't think we're sacrificing anything by, by, by bumping that thing up, you know, 25 to 50 degrees and we're, and we're turning out great barbecue so one just of like our
0: that. one of my, uh, one of our, I guess cl- not clients, but uh, one of our he's he's a friend of ours. He he's also a customer. He come, he comes eats the brisket all the time. Just just all you know, he's a good good guy. Comes to a lot of our pop ups. Comes to a lot of our events. Loves our food. And he's like, dude. He's like, I just love it. And we got we got into a conversation the other day, and um, he's a barbecue guy. He he enjoys cooking, and he started asking me. He's like, "Can I ask you some questions on temps and stuff like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, dude. You know, I'll I'll sit and chat barbecue with you till till I'm blue in the face." And he's like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "Well, I have this question." He's like, "I'm you know, I really like I want to start cooking at 250, but I'm just not sure." I'm like, "Well, what are you cooking at now?" It's like 225. He's like, "Cooking at 225." He's like, "But and I know that's the magic number for great barbecue." And I'm like there's no magic number and It's what you want to cook at And he's like Well he's like what do you cook at And I go 275 300 And the look on his face Was just like He's like wait whoa, whoa, wait 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 He goes you're telling me the brisket that you're producing Is 275 300 I go uh huh He goes no way Goes, There's just no way he goes. You have, a, he goes. You always have a great smoke ring. I go, uh huh. He goes, and it's always super tender. I'm like, yeah, we just produce good product. <laughs> like,
1: and, you know, the only thing that's different is, is your windows get smaller. Yes, your windows get smaller. Yeah. If, if you're a rapper, that wrapper window is going to be smaller. Yeah, when it's time to pull off. That, that get it off the pit window is smaller. And, uh, you know, we'll go to this cook-off in a couple of weeks, and, uh, and you know, I'll cook that brisket at, at 400 for two hours. And then I'm going to wrap it up and cook it for another three hours at 275. And uh, uh, the, the thing about it is, is that going to make a good brisket? Yeah, you better believe me. That brisket's going to be good. But those windows went from being out here to here. Yep. So don't, don't miss your window because that window is much smaller. First time I had a hot and fast brisket, Troy at T. Roy Cooks did one, uh, Harry Sue's method. And I got there early in the morning. He was just putting it on. I helped him get it put on. He already had a trim. Pit was ready to go. And we, we, we spun that every 15 minutes. We were turning that brisket for two hours. We'd turn it in that wherever Smoky Mountain. Every, every 15 minutes, we'd turn it.
0: Yep.
1: And then we went two hours wrapped at 275, and he pulled that brisket off. And I know I told Troy, I said, if you would have told me that brisket was cooked in five hours, I would have called you a liar. If I would not have seen that brisket cooked, I would have
0: never believed what I'm eating right now. Do you, uh, you ever see Harry Sue's, uh, I think he did it, I think it was a two-hour brisket.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, when he's like, I'm, I'm. He's like, somebody gave him gave him shit on, on his YouTube channel, and he's like, I bet you can't cook one in two hours. He's like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna do it. You know what,
1: Harry, and Harry's a scientist. Oh yeah, he is. Harry yeah. understands the science behind it, and when he looks at it, he analyzes it scientifically. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And from the temperature to what's going on to what he's putting on it. Yep. You know, he did a a video. I don't know if you saw it, but it was uh, umami flavors.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. He got tuna flakes, right? The actual
1: tuna flakes. Yeah. Blended them down, and he got the mushrooms and blended those down and mixed those, and he got his MSG off a kelp, Yep. and then he did another one that was... That was MSG And I can't remember The other chemicals Some chemical names Of, of umami flavors that, that he puts in his stuff And you know and, and there was very little Difference in the two But you know He wanted to know What's the difference Between the real And the chemical one yeah. You know And, and, and But he, he th- When you talk to Harry He just that He thinks at, at a different At a different pace Than everybody else does Oh absolutely
0: like, Scientifically Without a doubt He's 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 completely different Like He's on a different wavelength than everybody else, which is fantastic, and I love it. Oh yeah, fun guy to hang out with. Very so, good dude. He
1: was over at Troy's uh, birthday party. He, we Troy had a big uh, uh, shrimp uh, shrimp boil over there and crawfish boil, and and uh, man, we had a blast. And Harry was there. I got to visit with him again the other day at that, and it was. He's just, but man, he's wound up like an eight day clock. Man, he's wound tight. You he's, know he's always doing fifteen things at once. It's awesome. When when he came to Troy's one time, he had just got back from uh was it Singapore that his parents live in? Yeah. I is that what it is? Malay was over in Malaysia, wherever it was, Malaysia. But he had flown to Malaysia, had dinner with his parents, and flew back. You know, thirty hours over, thirty hours back, showed up at Troy's and he's oh yeah, I gotta be a working guy. <laughs> You're like, are you freaking serious? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm know. Like, how he doesn't. I've been on the flight. That guy is moving. mate. like that Energizer, buzzy. Ain't got nothing. Yeah. Oh, Dude, that is I'm very like, true. Are you serious? He goes, yeah. I had to see my parents. So I flew over, had dinner, and flew back. Spent sixty hours on an airplane to go have, have dinner with his parents. That's love, right there. <laughs> oh, My God. That's insane. Dinner with him. Wild, wild Bill, but such a neat guy to hang out with, man.
0: So, man, what what can we expect to see from you in the future with with your with your uh, YouTube channel? What are some stuff that What are some stuff that you want to incorporate and start start bringing into it? I,
1: you know, I would like to start doing some more uh, what I would call some of the Texican stuff. Um, I really like doing the uh, the the Texas Mexican kind of kind of twist on stuff but where we could maybe call it like an upscale cowboy stuff. I think maybe a little more of that. The things that do good with me are is my barbecue always does good. My uh, Dutch oven stuff does good. And my sausage making does good. So the other day, Weston Brands picked me up as a a brand ambassador from Weston Products. So they sent me out a grinder and a stuffer. So you're going to see a lot of more sausage making videos to add to my sausage playlist. So you're, you're going to see the sausage coming out. Uh, Weston was very nice uh, about sending me those products, and we're going to be doing that. So you're going to see it. Uh, you're going to you're going to see fire. You know, if I if I work the deal with this uh, uh, pellet company, then you're going to see some pellet grill stuff. And I want to play with it and see what it'll do. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, they made an offer. I've made an offer, and we just got to see. I'm I'm not going to give up the rights. You know, if I don't think it's good, I'm gonna tell you I don't think it's good. You know, uh, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I, you know, it, it's my it's my party, and if they want to be part of my party and, and me sell some pits for them, that's great. But you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sell my soul to them just to get a, a barbecue pit and a little cash for doing videos for them. So that that's in the negotiations. I hope it works out. It's a beautiful pit, and uh, and. We're gonna see what happens, but you may see some pellet grills. If that doesn't go through, you're not gonna see a, a pellet grill. Really, you're gonna see me, you know, uh, with the ugly drum smokers. You're gonna see me all my pit makers. Uh, I do want to do some in the old rock pit, just to show people how to do it in the rock pit. But you're gonna you're gonna see the barbecue. You're gonna see the Dutch oven, and of course, we're gonna this when it cools down sausage. I'll do a bunch of. Sausage videos. So, people that like my sausage make it. It's funny, you know, people go, Hey, when are you going to cook that sausage you made? When you cook that? So, I do sausage videos and nobody watches them. They watch the heck out of my how to make sausage. Then they ask me, Hey, why don't you do how to show us how to cook it also? And then, you know, I'll get half the views on how to cook it as it did uh, how to make it. But you're going to see sausage, you're going to see Dutch oven, you're going to see barbecue. That's that's it.
0: Chef Johnny, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue. Uh chatting a little bit of cast iron too uh, <laughs> man uh i wanna like I said i wanna say thank you for being on the show and being a being a part of it. If you can do me a favor, we like to end the show in this certain way can if you could go back to the beginning of your cooking or barbecue career it doesn't it can be either one. you can give either tip. Give three tips to yourself to help shorten your learning curve on them. What would those three tips be?
1: Oh, I tell you what, one thing that I would do, Mikey is is. I would get into the cooking business earlier. You know, I did not know a chef when I was young. And if I would have met, you know, the only chef I ever met was an Air Force chef. When I And I was a young guy, I was probably in high school. We were at a, at a dove hunt and he brought a shrimp salad. I, this is thing I ever ate. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a chef in the Air Force. Well, I wasn't interested in being in the military. But if I could have started you know, a, a culinary career then and knew about it, I had no idea about it then. You know, that that would have been a, a, neat, a neat step to do. Um, I think maybe I would have went to a quality pit sooner than making my own, you know, and trying to tell oh, I can make a barbecue pit. You know, there's a reason there's people, professionals, making them, you know. I probably would have tried to get that professional pit maybe sooner than I did. Although, cooking on a lot of the ways I did, you know, taught me a lot. And, and the third thing is, is, um, gosh, spend a little more time with my dad before he was gone. Cause he left 25 years ago, passed away. Sorry to hear that. That You know, I loved him to death with yeah, him. And I had a great relationship. He, he had emphysema, uh, smoked two packs of pell-mells a day, but as a young man and a young person, uh, I wish I'd have sat at his side a little bit longer.
0: Those are some great. Those are some great tips, Chef Johnny. If you can do me one last favor, can you tell everyone where they can follow you on the internet?
1: Oh, okay, anything pretty much anything you find a uh, Texas style cuisine, go to uh, Texas style cuisine, all one word on uh, on Instagram. Uh, I think it's TX style cuisine on Twitter. I don't do a lot on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Texas style cuisine slash slash Chef Johnny. Uh, that's that'll keep you up with everything's going on there. And of course, the YouTube channel is Texas style barbecue and cuisine. We changed the name of it here a while back because people don't really search cuisine, but they do search Texas style barbecue. So. Yep. When- a ballistic barbecue told me to do that and it was a good move
0: you gotta you got to play with those uh, algorithms what can we say
1: yeah. so that, that's, that's where people can find me uh, and I do have an old blog that was Texas style barbecue and cuisine It's not real active anymore but do not go to Texas style cuisine by itself because it is now a porn site so oh, oh, okay. somebody, somebody the other day goes hey I went to Texas style cuisine and I got a porn channel what's going on Somebody hijacked the uh, the old one, so now my my, my blog site is Texas style Barbecue and Cuisine. So don't go to the old one unless you want to see the
0: newties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it depends on which way you want to go. Anything uh, else is Texas Top Cuisine's to me. Man, dude, well, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue. Hey, but I love
1: it. You know, the last time we got to sit and, and talk was a wonderful time. Enjoyed it, so I've been looking forward to us getting to sit and talk a little barbecue again so it's a great great time and uh and man i, I hope your listeners enjoy hearing what they do about some you know old guy in texas that, that's been cooking for a while absolutely dude i'm sure they loved it fantastic that, that's one way and thank you for having me on hey you know it, it's wonderful man meat barbecue you know that's it that's a good way to describe everything isn't it not a bad life it's it's Got to go back into that caveman stuff, there, man. Yep, that's what we were
0: going for. Hey, let's go, let's
1: go kill something and cook it.
0: Yep.